chick, chick, chick. And I'm recording in the living room this time, so I'm not freezing cold. You are wearing significantly fewer layers than usual. Then I'd have to remember. It's actually not that bad in the front bedroom right now. Uh, but also Lauren's here, and I like it when Lauren chimes in. <laughs> oh, I can hear longer. Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Here. Jimmy says hi. Yes. Can you hear me, Jimmy? Yes. Yes? Tyler has his headphones on, so I can't hear you. But can't yeah, hear it's a weird, like, relay system. It's a weird relay system, he says. Ah, uh, it is, yeah. It is, yes. <laughs> anyway, that Get was some fun. wall decorations, dude. Damn, you look like you're in a dorm. We have one right, you just can't see it. <sighs> it's right here. <laughs> what? He said, get some wall decorations, dude. <laughs> Oh, yay. At least you have one decoration. Oh, no. Can you grab it? One art, please. Uh, we, we also we have some art on our faux mantle uh, that I can't bring the computer to, but Lauren's going to grab it real quick. Oh, it's probably, yeah, probably on Instagram. Here, I'm just going to unplug the headphones, see if that helps. Oh, I saw that. That's so cute. I love the middle one. What in the hell is playing in the background? Huh? What's playing in the background? Nothing. I hear something coming through my headphones. Is one of your tabs open? No, because it sounds like someone is talking in a British accent. It's not me. It's not me. I can start talking in British Is Firefox still open? It sounds like someone is playing some kind of news show, like radio news show. If I if I put my hand on my microphone or on my Zoom, does that do anything? I'm not hearing it currently. Okay. How about now? Do you hear it now? Oh, now it's I'm super talking? loud now. Uh-huh, now it's super loud. Okay, what if I do this? Okay, do you hear it now? Are you still no. are you still hearing it? No, I'm not. Okay. So I just unplugged the power to my computer. Uh, Is your power acting like some kind of radio antenna? Your move! It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are going to be talking about episode 33 of season one, Best of Friends, Best of Duelists, part one. Tyler, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I sorry, I was distracted for a second because I was just remembering the fact that this was called uh, the finals of friendship in one of the translations. And I kind of want to rename the episode to that, but uh, we'll, we'll stick with the, the English version. Um, anyway, yeah. Happy New Year. Hi. How was your Hi. New Year? It was good. Uh, you I mean, went to California, we, right? Yeah. I was down there for about a week and nice. had a good time. Got to see a bunch of old friends hang out. Um, yeah, just had a real nice time. And it was super chill. Good. Basically yeah, it's the best possible start to a year. 
yeah, I literally the only like communication that I had from you was that you got uh, Smash Bros. Yes. And I, I'm shocked that you're not actively playing it right now. <laughs> I, you know what? Hold on. Let me just oh, reach shit. over, right to my left, pull out my Switch. <laughs> uh, a soul still burns. Oh, wait. That's a, that's a different one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So are you, that's uh, the end of the show. Uh, I'm going to play Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to everybody next week. Uh, that's, that's it for today. <laughs> Uh, are you still uh, maining Dark, Dark Samus? Dark uh, I've been messing around with different characters. I do enjoy Dark Samus, but I've been having a lot of fun with Ridley. Mm-hmm. And um, King K. Rule is also pretty fun. Oh, uh, yeah. I was the, actually really surprised by fighters. how much I liked King K. Rule. Isn't he kind of fun, though? Yeah. I, I, I love really that all his attacks are based on him just being a really fat alligator. Yes. I was so worried <laughs> that he was just going to be like a like a Donkey Kong Echo Fighter, basically. But he's really unique to being just like a scaly asshole. Yeah. Uh, which I like. How was your New Year? It was good. It was good. It was nice and quiet here. Uh, we had a friend over and played Betrayal at House on the Hill. Oh, fun um, times. We got... Jimmy, I will t- I'm going to tell you something that will make sense to one of our listeners, two of our listeners maybe. Uh, we bought the second edition of Betrayal at House on the Hill uh, oh. here in the here at a local game store. And you know the character cards, how they have those little coffins you put to keep track of your attributes? Yes. And you know how the coffins are always too fucking loose? Yeah, they're all they wiggly and they fall it. off. They fix it. Oh, I didn't right. think it was something that needed to be fixed, like actually, but they did, and it's wonderful. And now the coffins are almost too secure on the card. Well, I have to God. struggle to move them up and down, and it's amazing. That is a, a huge improvement. It is, and it's not. <laughs> who would have thought that coffin tensile strength would have been something that I'd be thankful for in the new year? But I am. Here we are. Yeah, all you would have to do in the normal game coffin is just... gap size. Lauren just corrected me. Not tensile strength. <laughs> coffin cap I remember having to just like oh she's talking oh Lauren said or it could be the cardstock size of the the character cards the the, the thickness of the the cards yeah we don't know which they changed so I'm recording this episode across from a scientist today uh and uh, she's gonna be sort of coming in with the scientific aspects of this week's episode uh because as we all know there are many Lauren you watched the episode right Good. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, yeah, we, we had a great new year here. It was just nice and quiet. We uh, thought about going to Edinburgh for, they have a celebration called Hogmanay. Uh, Hogs Watch Night? Yeah, yeah. Hog, hog Money, literally. Uh, or Hog Mo- Monet, N A Y. Uh, uh-huh. And it's like, it's like if you took the New York Times Square celebration but made it the entire city. Wow. And it was four days long. So how long do you have to wear a diaper for? That's that's a great question that I did not feel like answering. Um, you know, it had like concerts and like a Cirque du Soleil thing going on and like food vendors and all sorts of things. So we thought about going for that, but it was as soon as you look at the website and see everything going on, Lauren and I were just like, oh, no, we're too old. We're too old. <laughs> <laughs> these so, youth events yeah so you know so we kicked off the new year right with uh 
streaming some of the New Year festivities and uh, playing board games. Dubai's right. New Year apparently was like balls to the wall this year. Uh, we watched their their live stream because they're only a couple hours ahead of us, uh, and the I think it's the tallest building in Dubai had oh, uh-huh. fireworks like shooting off of it. Like all up and down the sides of the buildings oh, the while the building. they're doing like I've projection seen... maps, like lighting on the building itself. Oh, wow. Was, I hadn't heard of that part. It was nuts. There was a one stream with some drone shots of it that was really, really cool. How to lose your drone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Shoot well, it with fireworks. No kidding. No kidding. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like we're, we're, you know, hitting the new year right. Uh, Lauren starts school next week. Um, starts school again, I guess, next week new term uh i started my job today which hey, was cool congratulations thank you uh it's still like there's just a lot of doing hr stuff and doing training and all that but uh, yeah basic so first far so good first day stuff yeah they haven't fired me yet that's a good sign <laughs> um yeah yeah and i uh i'm mostly excited to get back into doing these episodes because i missed it yeah, happy first episode of the new year. Bum, bum, bum. New year, same bullshit. <laughs> new year, same show from like 1998 <laughs> or whenever the hell this came out. Oh, this is, 2000s. This is, yeah, 2000s. Uh, Jimmy, as we do every week, and especially as we go into the new year, we like to give our listeners a recommendation of something that they can do with their 20 minutes other than watching this episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! because we value their time even if they don't. Jimmy, tell me what your recommendation is this week. Your my first recommend- recommendation of 2019. My first recommendation of 2019 uh, is very on point for the new year. My recommendation for you this week is to just do something nice for yourself. Oh. Start off the new year right. I wanted a nintendo switch for a very long time and i asked for it for christmas i did not get it for christmas so i just went out and bought it (laughs) and i have been playing it every day since it was a great purchase how stoked would eight-year-old jimmy be to hear those words (laughs) extremely stoked right like I remember the very first time I like went to a friend's house and saw someone play original N64 Smash Brothers on the TV. Mm-hmm. That was uh, a shock to me that you could play games on a television. <laughs> and the idea that you could just carry it around with you now is insane. I mean, it still is to me a fully grown adult, but uh, eight-year-old me would have been very stoked. Were you, was your household one of those where like, like mine, they just didn't have video games for the longest time? Yeah. Uh, my mom thought that there could be other things I could be doing with my time, Accurate. but eventually we got a, um, an N64 with a, a bunch of used games. So that was the, the beginning of the end. Nice. I mean, I did have video games, but they were all like educational games like Kid Picks and stuff. Yeah. That, that was mine. Yeah. Magic School Bus explores the human body. Yeah. That sort of thing. Oh, but man. No, like, kid Picks. That's a video game. I haven't thought about Kid Picks in a long time. Kid Picks was an incredible game. And it just occurred to me that I have no idea what 
or if any kid games are out there right now. I mean, all the kids are playing like Minecraft and Fortnite, but what are their the educational game scene? What what's that like today? I have no idea. That's a really good question. I know uh, when I worked at Apple, they had I think it was called the Osmo, which was like a little device that you clipped to the iPad uh, that reflected the camera. So the camera. This is hard to explain. You could prop up the iPad and the camera would be looking at the table in front of it, basically. And it would have like different tiles that you could lay down that were like numbers or letters or colors or what have you. And you would play like physical interactive games with the thing. So it'd be like, weird. yeah, it'd be like solve this math puzzle and you would put the numbers physically on the table. Uh, Lauren's little sister had this for a while. This is how I saw it in action the first time, but um i think now like i know her siblings just got a switch uh which is crazy to me because they're like what like 14 and 7 now almost 13 uh so they got the the like lego games oh of Um, course yeah of course right obviously um so like that's not really educational but it is kid friendly yeah 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 you can't go wrong with the lego star wars i'm sure no 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 well and they had the lego star wars on the wii too and that's the first time i've ever seen somebody 100 percent a game like that (laughs) they got all the studs all All the the studs for all of the movies whoa yeah those kids are hardcore (laughs) it was kind of intimidating (laughs) the real hardcore gamers so what sorry circling back to your your uh recommendation what sorts of nice things would you recommend if one can't just like hop out and buy a nintendo and switch? buy a nintendo switch um anything that you've been like that would bring you joy but something that you've been putting off for a long time for whatever reason mm. uh if you want to just treat yourself to a nice like day in the park or something but you've had like all these chores you have to do just set it Put, all, put that away and come back to it later and just go enjoy yourself for a day because all your bullshit will still be here when you get back. <laughs> the motto of 2019. Yeah. Just do something nice for yourself for once, please. The world is hell. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I so like yeah, that a lot. That's my recommendation for nice. basically the entire year, but specifically for this episode of the show. What is your recommendation? My recommendation uh, is going to be fairly time-specific. For those of you who listened uh, this last summer, you might remember me talking about Summer Games Done Quick. Uh, It is now roughly six months later, and we're talking about Awesome Games Done Quick, which is the winter version of uh, the Games Done Quick marathon. Uh, It's a video game speedrunning marathon, that lasts from midnight on Saturday uh, this last week. So it would, would have been the the seventh? The, no, today's the, it's, it's the, seventh the sixth. Day. The sixth. The sixth. Lauren's waving at me. The sixth. It started on the sixth. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, <laughs> cannot do math on the spot, apparently. Uh, and it ends uh, at midnight Saturday the following week. And that entire week is just nonstop playing video games as quickly as humanly or in a couple of cases inhumanly possible and it is insane to watch 
uh, they will do things like play Super Mario Brothers, but beat the entirety of Super Mario Brothers 3 in like 15 minutes while never getting a mushroom, or they'll beat all of Majora's Mask in like three hours. Or, uh, you know, I was watching one today that was um, like, here's this one Neo Geo classic game that nobody's ever heard of. And it's the only game that this company's made. And I'm going to show you everything that's wrong with this game in 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> I, I forget what it was called. It was like Forgotten Generations or something. Um, but it's, it's really, really cool to watch. And what's especially cool about it is that they are raising money for charity. Uh, so people can go to their website and donate and all the proceeds go to charity uh, and they switch uh, charities each event, but they always go back and forth between uh, in the summer, they raise money for Doctors Without Borders. Uh, and then in the winter, they raise money for the Prevent Cancer Foundation, uh, which is a foundation that like I've donated to separately now as you know, really near and dear to like you know, my my heart personally and my family it's like actually improved the lives of people that we know uh and i, I just think that that's really cool last year they raised like two million dollars in a week uh and i know i was watching when it first Whoa. like started they raised something like forty thousand dollars in just a couple of hours so it's it's really really cool to see a community sort of rally around a, a charity and a otherwise kind of dumb like video game event right yeah um if that sounds cool to our listeners it's at gamesdonequick.com they're streaming on twitch as well just games done quick uh they also have a bunch of like merch they've partnered with the yeti and i think one other company but the yeti does like t-shirts and buttons and stuff and four dollars of each item you buy there goes to prevent cancer foundation as well uh i am at a point now where maybe 95% of my t-shirts are games done quick t-shirts. It's about I've all noticed. I wear. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm not ashamed of that fact. Well, I'm a little ashamed of that fact, but not really. Um, so yeah, that's, it's almost along the lines of like, do something nice for yourself. This is like, do something nice for yourself and something that's also nice for other people. For other people. Yeah. And uh, you, I, I forgot it was going yesterday because I was working all day, but, um, I think we've talked about this before, but whenever they do the Zelda speedruns for this past year, uh, they've chosen my dude to be the name of the main character. I'm positive that we have not talked about this before, actually. Have we not? I'd be willing to bet we have not talked about this on the podcast. I'm pretty sure we have. I, anyway, I'm, I don't know. Um, you may remember almost exactly over a year ago um, on Twitter some guy put some screenshots of a Legend of Zelda game where Link was named My Dude, and so everyone talking to Link was this totally chill, like, stoner talk, and that was me. And you it were went that guy. viral. I was that guy. Yeah, how many, how many like, likes did that end up getting uh, at its apex? Uh, I don't remember, but I did check the metrics recently, and it mm -hmm. was over 12 million views on Damn. Twitter. Damn! Just people seeing it and people interacting with it. That's my lasting contribution to society is Link being named my dude. But the point is, uh, they've named him that uh, a couple of times for Zelda speedruns in Games Done Quick. Mm -hmm. And it just, it makes me so happy that something so dumb that I did just like super quick and then forgot about until the next morning when my phone was exploding has 
brought so much good into the world. I think people, you can donate to, and when you donate, you can like select some of your money to go to, it's basically raise, like giving points into this voting system. So you can Yeah, it's like choose, a it's like yeah. a bidding war. You can just, it's like they, yeah, they have like a bidding a, war. Whoever raises the most money kind of wins. Yeah. To and one of the things you can put your votes toward is naming uh the link in their Zelda speedruns. And my dude has raised several thousands of dollars for yeah, charity. I think it was- I didn't check. Uh, I was asleep when the Majora's Mask run started, but I think it was at $2,000 this year uh, just for that name alone. Uh, and then I know last year it was something like that as well. Yeah, I think it was over 5000 if I remember right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that just blows my mind when I think about it. Yeah. That my dude has raised so much money for charity. Anyway, it, it's should, weird to think about too. You should update your resume to be like... Uh, I'm the my dude dude. <laughs> I could put it in my Twitter bio or something. Yeah, you should. I think you should. I think that'd be really cool. The link my dude dude, the link my dude, dude Lauren says. <laughs> I'm sure people could probably hear it over the microphone. <laughs> Last year at Christmas, I had to explain to my parents and their friends that just because I made a tweet that 12 million people have seen, it's not going to actually make me any money. Oh no! <laughs> like so, can you get paid for this? How do you? What's going on? That's here? when you drop like, a link to your SoundCloud. Dropping a link, huh? Uh, <laughs> hey, God, let's let's do the episode. <sighs> let's do the episode. It's time to discuss the episode, Jimmy. This week we are talking about episode thirty-three, "Best of Friends, Best of Duelists," Part One. This episode went places. This episode went a lot of places. I don't know that I enjoyed all of the places that it went to, but it went I, there. I would agree with that sentiment. And uh, I can't fault it for that. Do you want to... I feel like your note on the intro here is maybe more apt than mine. Do you want to walk us into the what this episode's about? Yeah, it kind of uh, has an intro um, that that's like a re- recap of the story up until this point or the basic premise of this episode. Previously on Yu-Gi-Oh! Basically, that kind of thing. Uh, That the match is going to determine who duels Pegasus between Yugi and his best friend Joey. But it's weird because it repeats everything seconds after it happens, and it goes so... It does this so many times, it's hard to imagine it not being like a bit that they did. But as far as I can tell, it's completely serious. Because uh, I forget... Uh, Pegasus's uh, like butler's name Croquet 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 says this match will determine who duels Pegasus and then immediately afterwards smash cut to Yugi thinking in his mind I've got to duel Pegasus so I can save grandpa and then smash cut to uh, a flashback of Yugi seeing his grandpa's soul being sucked away into the VHS tape where he's just like grandpa and it's like, yeah, we get it. You've said this like already. We don't have to show it again. But- yeah, I I thought it was really interesting because they do that too for like Joey and his sister. They're yeah. like, it does a little cut to Joey being like, and I got a fight to save my sister. And, and then it cuts to his sister like on the, the TV being like, I hoped I would see you one more time. And then like him saying his sister's name or you know, weird back and forth. And it, it does this in a way that 
is like it's almost like it's trying to equivocate grandpa's immortal soul and joey's sister going blind as like being the same level of importance yeah i mean they're both bad don't get me wrong but one of them (laughs) is going to be trapped in a vhs tape for eternity yeah one of them is like something that millions if not billions of people deal with on a daily basis and like live normal lives and another is condemning a man to death not worse than death basically (laughs) vhs tape limbo being trapped in static for all eternity oh that'd be the worst kind of prison what okay sorry sideline here what if you were trapped in a vhs tape prison what vhs tape would it be (laughs) huh like I know mine. <laughs> what I want mine to be or which no, one no. What would be would like be? my divine punishment? What would be your divine punishment? Probably uh, all, all the episodes of Bill Nye the Science Guy that I recorded off the TV. Ooh. And that would be punishment? No, it's just the VHS tape I used the most as a kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Mine would definitely be Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope Special Edition, <laughs> which sounds like it should be the one without the CGI, but no, it was the first pass of CGI, so it's the bad CGI. The worst, like, hideous CGI. When yes. They we're just barely figuring out how to do it and yep. did not do it well. And it would just be that on repeat. I still remember that extremely fake-looking Jabba the Hutt that's just so terrible. It haunts my dreams. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's where this episode gets us started. It's it's sort of a, in case you haven't been paying attention for the last 32 episodes, let's get you caught up. Yugi's fighting to save his grandpa. Joey is fighting to save his sister. Somehow these are of equal importance, and they're best friends, and they're going to duel Oh no. oh, no. Who would have thought that two best friends would have to duel each other in a card game? Yeah, except, you know, they're main characters in the show. So. Except they're main characters in the show. <laughs> it's I kind mean, of Bakura, inevitable. Bakura straight up says, uh, who would have guessed that of everyone in this tournament, two best friends would end up in the final match? I mean, that that's a good question, Bakura. They're both main characters. It's sort You'd of think like it would be Yugi and someone competent <laughs> instead of Yugi and his friend who just learned how to play dual monsters like 10 episodes ago and has won what like a handful of times. Right. Right. And and for the most part has just had the the dual chips handed to him. Yeah, I don't know. Literally handed to him. But it is like it, it goes back to that uh the anime protagonist test. Mm-hmm. Like look around the room who here is the protagonist. It's not going to be Taya. It's not going to be Tristan. Could be Bakura. But Bakura's hair is white, so he's probably evil. (laughs) That leaves you with two options. (laughs) And both of them are blonde. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Is this show trying to say something about blondes? Yugi's not really blonde, though. I I can't even describe what color his hair is. Because a hat, it's black with like a pink aura around it mm-hmm. that looks different from whatever angle you look at it from. And then he just has bright blonde bangs. 
Yugi's hair is what Guy Fieri thinks his hair looks like. <laughs> Yugi's hair is what Guy Fieri wishes his hair was like. <laughs> and then uh, Joey just has that pompadour thing? Yeah, what is Joey's hairstyle? What is Joey's hair even doing? Let me, let's Google this. Joey Wheeler hairstyle. I think it's a pompadour. I think you're right. Uh, it kind of just extends forward infinitely. Uh, Imagine if your bangs were just like an extra head sticking out the front of your head. Like first, the size. First thing that comes up is Joey Wheeler, Richard Ward Salon. Oh, no, he's just a hairstylist named Joey Wheeler, who has actually quite nice hair. Good name, Joey. Uh, yeah, meet the hairdresser behind Prince William. Oh, I see. Joey Wheeler is the name of a hairdresser who did Prince William's hair. Oh. Guess how much Prince William's haircut cost? Uh, a shit ton of money? 180 pounds. That's a shit ton of money. Roughly, roughly $210. Yeah, if you're a prince, you know, maybe you, maybe you got that much to uh, just kind of drop. How much you want to bet he had so. that in cash, like on him? <laughs> Hello, these are all bills with my mom's face on them. <laughs> they didn't even, they weren't even going to set a price. Prince William was just like, how, how much does this cost then, eh? <laughs> it's one banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, a haircut costs about the same as a jug of milk. Here's 200 pounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um... Anyway, we've talked we enough been about this. Completely sidetracked. Uh, so uh, they're they're kind of like setting up the idea that these two best friends are going to duel because you know it's the name of the episode. Uh, Bakura does his whole thing about like who could have guessed, and then Taya has this whole line about like why do they even have to duel in the first place? Like clearly they're both fighting for important things, and clearly they don't want to duel here. Couldn't we just? flip a coin and decide that way and she's explaining this to to tristan and tristan's like i mean yeah technically but uh what does he say he's like i don't think the duel works that way taya yeah like everyone like turns and looks at her and is like no that's not how it works and and he kind of like mansplains the tournament to taya in a weird way but everyone acknowledges that she has the like one good solution that would just move us forward (laughs) yeah she's like what it's so sad that these two friends who are like brothers would have to fight and now i'm an only child but i'm pretty sure brothers fight all the time so. oh hell yeah i would fight my brothers <laughs> in a heartbeat we we fight every time we're in the same room mostly <laughs> duel monsters but you know of course yeah uh my brothers gave me a concussion one time true story really yep uh so well to be fair i don't think they knew what they were doing they were very young uh i was like uh like 12 at the time 11 or 12 so they were like like four and six right and we're like playing around the house we're doing whatever and we're running around and one of them hid behind a corner uh leading into the hallway and got down on all fours so that when i came running around the hallway behind him i tripped over him 
And then the That's other like a fucking Looney Tunes it is, prank. It is. And then the other walked straight up to me, said, We got him now, and then kicked me straight in the head. <laughs> and uh Yep. That was fun. Is that a family or is that a Thunderdome? <laughs> you know, in my house Fatality. It, the, those those two things are one and the same. <laughs> uh, two brothers enter, one brother leaves. <laughs> So uh, in this episode, uh, man, we, we we are getting so sidetracked this week. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Do the episode. Joey <laughs> has to tell Yugi to suck it up because Yugi is clearly hesitating before the duel starts. And Joey's like, you know what? You said we are going to duel with honor. That's the only way we can tell who's going to be best at beating Pegasus. Whoever is going to face Pegasus has to have the best chance. So let's just duel our, our butts off and get into the next duel, whoever, whoever gets there, right? And, uh, you know, they, they kind of get ready for the duel. Uh, Yugi has his full transformation sequence, which I don't think we've seen the full sequence in a while. It's always kind of been like truncated a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's also, it's also the first one in a while that hasn't been brought on by like intense physical or emotional trauma. (laughs) Yeah. Usually Pharaoh only comes out when like Yugi is losing in a duel or something terrible happens. But this is first time I can remember in a little bit that he just does it. Yeah. And then Pharaoh is there. I think the last time was maybe the duel with Kaiba up on maybe. top of the, the, the castle, maybe. But anyway, it's, it's interesting because he just goes straight into it and he's like, all right, we're going to we're going to do it. Um, Pegasus, uh, is invited to make opening remarks, <laughs> which has maybe my favorite line of the entire episode because Croquet is like, and now Master Pegasus will be giving us some opening remarks, whatever the fuck Croquet's voice is. And Pegasus like looks at him and he goes, oh, right. <laughs> and then he, he like hoists himself up off his throne and goes, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite. Uh, he's just like so not looking forward to talking to these hooligans. Uh, and then he he you know says whatever bullshit about like this is the semifinals. Have at it. Yeah, uh, I noticed that um, Pegasus. We, we get a a little bit of Pegasus's inner monologue mm-hmm. uh, a couple times through this episode, but I noticed that he does this super villain laugh in his own head. Did you notice oh, this? I didn't. He, I caught that he was doing it like kind of a lot, but I didn't catch that all of it was in his head. I think there's like the first time he like super villain laughs out loud. He's like, <laughs> but then a couple of times he's just like thinking. <laughs> yeah, and there's a variety of it too because he does like some evil chuckles and like some like giggles even. He does a lot of evil chuckling in this episode. And a lot of it is just him thinking about chuckling evilly, <laughs> which I thought is hilarious. I didn't think to turn on uh, subtitles until like halfway through the episode. I wonder if maybe they subtitled it as internal monologue. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, Pegasus continues to be one of my favorite parts of these episodes. And I, while I'm glad to see him more in this episode, it was really funny to me that most of his lines are just to himself. Yeah, but that's Pegasus for you. That's Pegasus. 
Uh, Joey, after Pegasus's words, Joey thanks Yugi for helping him illegally get his way into Duelist Kingdom. Uh, you know, he, he does his little like, Yugi, I gotta say thank you. You know, like he does his New York sort of thank speech. Uh, and Yugi's like, no, you no, you you earned it. When, like, that's a lie, right? Yeah, he was not invited to this tournament. No. He, he just tagged along. Yeah. He didn't really earn most of this. <laughs> he just kind of blundered his way into most of the starships. A lot of his best cards, too, Yugi gave to him. That's like, true. Like, I'm pretty sure one of the cards that he plays in this episode is one that Yugi gave to him. So, like, he doubly didn't earn this, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But that's how he became tournament champion. And and I guess... champion Yeah. And I guess, you know, Yugi, like, is just being the the sort of best... He's playing the best friend card, right? He's, like, yeah. letting letting Joey believe what he wants. They do a lot of that in this episode where we don't have to talk about it every time, but there's like at least six cutaways where they're just like telling each other how they're best friends and how good they are at dueling and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's a lot of uh, filler episodes. Kind of. It's just filler. Yeah. In this episode, I mean, it, it doesn't do as much as it could have uh, as far as like reminding us, hey, we're best friends. It says that they're best friends a lot instead of yes, showing it. Instead of showing it, absolutely. And it's very long-winded about it. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing from this scene that I have in my notes here is that I think Pegasus gets off on the idea that he concocted this elaborate plan to get these two friends to duel each other because he Pegasus? has this like he has this like whole internal monologue about like hmm who would have thought that these two best friends would be dueling each other in in a, a semi-finals and the winner will go on to defeat me hmm he has a line where he says mm, it seems i'm the only one who appreciates watching two friends push each other to the brink of their abilities it seems it's an acquired taste like that's in that's straight up in his pornhub search history right <laughs> like that phrase yes like that that is his kink. He is yes. so happy about this and no yes, one else gets it for me. I mean, mm. I think that's maybe why he sits with his legs crossed. <laughs> so no one sees his boner. <laughs> uh um okay, we need to stop talking about that scene because the very next scene has Oh my we, god. We both wrote notes about this and all of our notes are in all caps. <laughs> What the fuck happens in this next scene? This the duel show, hasn't even started yet. This show straight up made its own anime music video. What the fuck? I I I I was watching it. I saw it. I do not comprehend a single frame of what happened for like 2 minutes. It was a long long chunk of the episode where the show just straight up writes its own uh, music and then makes a montage video of these two friends like playing card games together and all the adventures they've shared. And okay, so for, for our listeners who have not watched this episode, just go watch the first, what, six minutes of this episode? It's yeah. not very far in. Just to see what inane bullshit this is because what happens is is a nickelback song starts playing 
That's exactly what it sounds like. It's it's not it's it's for copyright purposes, not Nickelback. Uh, it's like quarter front, right? <laughs> and uh, it is a alternative rock song that plays to a montage of every flashback of Yugi and Joey's friendship. And it's all all the lyrics are about these two brothers dueling with the the heart of the cards and believing in themselves and each other now okay i before we started recording i had to google this song because i needed desperately to know everything that i could about this song because i cannot believe that they spent it was it was it was a good two full minutes it was one tenth of the episode wow it was it was actually i mean more than that if you count the the theme and the previously on, and then the credits. This was like maybe 15, 20% of the episode here. Hold on. Jesus Christ, Cat, shut up. <laughs> Toshi yelling at you. <laughs> Toshi is yelling at my bedroom door nonstop. Even I, though I just filled his bowl of food. <laughs> I genuinely cannot hear Toshi at all, if that helps. Okay. Uh, as long I, as it's not coming through. I've had multiple meetings today, uh, as, as it's my first day at work, and Pepper... I, I can't tell if Pepper wants to be a business dog or if Pepper just doesn't understand why I'm talking at this weird glowing box uh, because he, for every call, has wanted to be in my lap, which is where he is now. He is fast asleep on my lap. Oh. Uh, you say aw until I have to get up. <laughs> uh, anyway, I successfully found the Wikia article for this song. And... I know that we've been doing a lot of tangents today, but we need to spend some serious time on this. This this song deserves it. Please tell me about this this song. Okay. The song's title is No Matter What. Which is Continue. already like, if that's not like in Friday Night Lights or some bullshit, like I don't know what song title it would be. This is an extremely Friday night Friday Night Lights song. It's very bro-y. Uh, the Wikia article says that no matter what is the seventh song off the Yu-Gi-Oh! Music to Duel by soundtrack. Sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, can you run that by me one more time? Jimmy, did you know that there is an album of music that you can buy that is titled Yu-Gi-Oh! Music to Duel by? Music to Duel by. I am going to purchase this right the fuck now and only listen to it. As in, I will listen to no other music. <laughs> Are you going to duel by it, though? Uh, no. <laughs> it's music to duel by. You okay, have to okay. listen to I'll, it while I'll dueling. I'll get back into playing Duel Links, and I'll only listen to uh, to this music while, while playing Duel Links. Uh, okay, so it is the seventh song off the Yu-Gi-Oh! Music to Duel by soundtrack based on the events of episodes 33 and 34. So the episodes... It's a concept album based around this entire show? Kind of. So the the song was written specifically for the episode that we just watched. Mm-hmm. The song had previously, fuck me, the song had previously been featured on the Kaiba-themed Mighty Kids Meal CDs offered by McDonald's. What? So somewhere in its history, you remember Mighty Kids Meals, right? Vaguely. So there, there was this push by McDonald's. I have very vivid memories of these. It was this push by McDonald's to make a Happy Meal that uh, 
they, they well at the time they felt like happy meals were maybe marketed towards too young of an audience you know mm-hmm. the like kindergartners or first graders right so you they know, wanted to children. make they wanted to make a happy meal that uh was marketed towards uh tweens so like the 11 to 14 range oh of course cool grown-up kids yeah and so they they named it the mighty kids meal and i remember this because my first interaction with getting a mighty kids meal was after i'd seen an ad on television convinced i was like 12 uh convinced my mother to take us to mcdonald's finally a happy meal for me a mighty kid right and it was like it was the it was the dumbest bullshit. It was like, uh, oh, if you get the one with chicken nuggets, we give you like two extra chicken nuggets. Or if you get the one with the hamburger, it's a it's a double hamburger, right? Uh, and so we go and we're at the drive through, and my mom like leans her head out the window and she goes, um, yes, I'll have a, and you have to see the logo to really get this. But the Mighty Kids Meal logo has a picture of the Happy Meal box in the middle, and the Happy Meal box has a big M on it. And so my mom goes, yes, I'll have a mighty M kids meal. And and the person was like, what? <laughs> a what? And I'm sitting in the passenger seat just being like, oh, my mom is so uncool. How does she not know what a mighty kids meal is? It's mighty kids meal. Like, embarrassing. Just... Your mom is embarrassed, so embarrassing as you're going through the McDonald's drive and you're getting a mighty kids meal. I was like, mom, you're embarrassing Come me on, in front mom, of the McDonald's cool. guy. <laughs> Not even old enough to be one of my friends yet. Uh, and I have to apologize because if you think that Toshi being loud uh, was bad, did you hear Pepper drinking water just then? It was like somebody was throwing a glass of water up against the door. No. <laughs> it, it's horrifying. Uh, anyway, so uh, this song, uh, No Matter What, it was written by John Siegler and Lloyd Goldfine and was performed by Mike Pasternak. Now, Mike Pasternak, I believe, has performed the majority of the music for Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, I oh, man. Admittedly I was did in not... the Mighty Kids Meal Google image search, and oh, I just so sorry. found a picture of the music to duel by CD cover. Oh. Oh, you can get it on eBay. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no, so that's where I was going with this. So the Mighty M Kids meal uh, is, uh, it did a thing at one point where when you got one, instead of a toy, you would get a CD. You would get like a music CD. Oh, it's so cool for older kids. <laughs> oh, no. Lauren pointed out that I just said Mighty M Kids meal <laughs> instead of Mighty <laughs> Kids meal. Uh, God damn it, mom. <laughs> Man, now I have to call my mom. Uh Okay, so uh, interestingly, okay, no, no, I, I have to finish one story before starting another. So the Mighty Kids Meal did a promotion where instead of getting a Happy Meal toy, you would get a music CD from various media things. So I vaguely remember there being like a That's So Raven one at one point, I think. Like that sounds familiar to me. There was definitely a Yu-Gi-Oh one because we're reading about it. Um, but uh, anyway... Please. Hit clips. Do you remember hit clips? Jimmy? Oh, I remember hit clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lauren, did you ever get any uh, hit oh, clips? Yeah, oh yeah, I collected them all. I had like twelve hit clips. I thought they were the coolest thing. Not, they, nothing about that surprises me. <laughs> didn't they only? They, we should explain what hit clips are for people who might not know what hit clips are. Oh fuck me! Yeah. 
imagine an MP3 player that was so shitty that could only play one song and not even the entire song, but just like <laughs> half the song because it it didn't have enough storage on it for the entire song. Yeah, it was, and there was a physical component to it, right? Like you got a tape, basically. Yeah, they were basically like little keychains, weren't they? Yeah, and it was, you could, well, the idea was you could put them on a keychain. Yeah. And then you could slot it into this device that would play, I believe, 60 seconds of a popular song. So they were tiny, though. They were like little bitty, and that's what I liked about them. You could see the little tiny disc in them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot you could see the disc. Yeah, it... I They looked like little tiny boom boxes too, the the little players. Oh yeah, we they should, did, huh? They had like we a should cool... explain what boom boxes are to people who might not know what boom boxes are because boom boxes are from the fucking eighties. Okay, I I have always like I've kind of promised myself not to be too much of that guy who's like, holy fuck, I'm old, like listen here, youngsters. Um oh, except Lauren just pulled up a picture of the boom box hit clip. Can you can you text that to us, Lauren, so we can put that on the on the Instagram? Um, they're, they're these... God, okay. I, I really don't want to be that guy who's like, listen here, youngsters, back in my day. But it it is important because, you know, we have people in our audience who were born, like, on or after the year 2000 and have, like, probably never... Well, they they may while they may have like handled a cassette tape or a VHS tape or like a God, even fucking DVDs are going the way of the dodo now. Uh, it was before we had digital music, kids. It, it was before music was digital. These sorts of things, like our our version of like back in my day, I had to walk to school uphill both ways in the snow. You know, like back in my day, if I wanted to get uh bye 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 right uh without spending the entirety of my allowance on the cd uh i would get the hit clip for like 50 cents uh at like a claire's in the mall and i would plug it into my my tiny ass boom box with my headphones that i nicked from my mom's old sony walkman uh, and I would listen to a fuzzy 60 seconds of this song, uh, and that was it, and I was thankful. God, there was such garbage. <laughs> that we were so happy to have. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. I never had hit clips. Well, that's, yeah. I feel like hit clips were maybe like a... Lauren, did you ever share hit clips with your sister? She's like almost six years older than I am, so That's right, yeah. she was in high school by the time they were cool. I just feel like it was such like a, it was almost like a musical trading card game in a way where it would be kind like, of. oh, look at look at how many I've got. You pull out your little like keychain of them. Yeah, um, just a giant like mass of hit clips. It's like I got all of InSync on here. So anyway, so bringing us back around to the goddamn point of this episode because we have been recording for an hour now. <laughs> Uh, the Mighty Kids Meal used to do CDs. One of the CDs was Kaiba themed and had this song by Mike Pasternak. Mike Pasternak, uh, Michael to his friends, 
has a bunch of acting credits on IMDb, but one soundtrack credit. And that is for Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series. <laughs> no shit. What? Yeah. Not, not Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series is his one IMDb credit, but it was for his performance of No Matter What as it was used in the Abridged Series episode titled The Man Who Would Be Steve. I can't believe they actually got him to be in Yu-Gi-Oh! No, 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 no. I don't think they did. I think what happened is is they used the song that was written for this episode and then credited him on IMDb. Okay. Before the actual show itself that this song was actually made for credited him on IMDb. I mean, it's Yu-Gi-Oh! So that's not too surprising. No, I guess not. Uh, Okay, so anyway, so... We need to talk about the lyrics to this song because I will not let this episode end before I have read every single lyric to this song because they're important. Please do. Um, So the song, and again, remember that this is all like flashbacks of moments in Joey and Yugi's friendship. Uh, The song begins, yeah. That's the first word in the song. And then it repeats, yeah. And then it actually starts, how'd it come to this? After all we've been through, Two of a pair, now on opposite sides. From the very start, with honor we dueled, watched each other's backs, and we battled with pride. We are closer than brothers, but now we have to fight each other, and we trust our fate to the heart of the cards. And I think it's important here, the Wikia uh, auto-links heart of the cards to the article about heart of the cards, just in case you're curious what the heart of the cards are. Very important. Then the chorus starts. This song is so fucking long, it has a chorus that we hear twice. <sighs> Pardon me, three times. Four times. Jesus Christ. Uh, the chorus says, No matter what, let the game begin. No matter what, may the best man win. No matter what, we're in this together. No matter what, we'll be friends forever. No matter what. And then the second verse. The second verse starts... Yeah, yeah, it's been you and me, hanging out, playing games. Did never think it would get this hard. Time's running out. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Time's running out, and there's so much at stake. Everything's writing on the turn of a card. We'll show them what we're made of as we fight for the ones we love, and we'll be friends to the very end. And then we go back to the chorus. No matter what, let the games begin. No matter what, may the best man win. No matter what, we're in this together. No matter what, we'll be friends forever. And then it says, no matter what, yeah. And then there's a bridge. This song is a fucking bridge. It says, I don't want to give up, but I will never give in. I don't want to duel with my very best friend. I could throw the whole match, let him win every play. But with so much at stake, I just can't walk away. Though I need a victory... You always meant the world to me. And that's one thing that will never change. And then the fucking chorus just repeats twice. And I'm not going to bother reading it because we've heard it and I'm sick of it. (sighs) This fucking song, man. (laughs) Thank you for coming to Yu-Gi-Oh! Slam Poetry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host, Tyler Robertson. Uh, I feel like, ah, there's, there's something about it that just, it makes me so angry and I don't know, like. Can you imagine the work that went into this song? 
I mean, it took like two people wrote it. Mike Pasternak, this was apparently the only piece of music he ever produced. He, he just like, he, he expended all of his musical energy onto this. Like there is a fair bit of production quality. It sounds like fucking Nickelback, but like, uh, truly a product of its time. This feels like a, this feels like a Hobo Johnson song. Uh, Hobo Johnson, for those who don't know, like Jimmy, given the blank look you're giving me right now, is this artist who, like, I think wanted to do slam poetry, but had too many friends that were already in a band. So he just does these, like, rambling spoken word bits, and then every now and then his friends, like, play music really loud. It feels like that. It's just like, let me, let me talk real meaningful, real quick. You got to play the card game. Yeah. <laughs> Hobo Johnson fans are going to hate me for that. I like Hobo Johnson. It's not for everybody. Uh, this song makes me angry. Why? Just because of its of what it is yeah like why does it go on for so long and why does it like do we we spent we've already recapped once in the episode right we had the previously on Yu-Gi-Oh. then the episode starts and we get pegasus joey and yugi being like oh here's another recap for you and then the the fucking show is like oh we heard you like recaps let's throw in a musical recap here for you Oh, let's just in case you didn't remember these two dudes were friends. Like, here's a song about how they're more than brothers. I wonder if this song was created in the U.S. version to like cover something up in the Japanese version, or if this, or if a similar song was in the Japanese version. There does not appear to be a similar song for the Japanese version. Uh, I everything that I so found so they... far cut something out of the episode to stick this in here it's so hard to tell uh let's see the summary doesn't list anything difference in adaptations uh oh yeah yeah yeah. okay so difference in adaptations in the wikia it says just before the duel starts flashbacks of joey and yugi together are added to the english version oh interesting whilst the japanese version just chose croquet telling the duelist to begin and an overshot of the duel field I appreciate Cut. that the wiki the wiki article says whilst. <laughs> Cut from the dub is a long sequence of first staring with a pan across the dual field. Uh and this is uh Yugi asking Joey what he's going to do next. Uh and then Joey staring at his hand, wondering what he can do to defeat a card that we will talk about later on. So there's apparently a longer shot later on that from the sounds of it, they could have like kept, like they could have left that in, but maybe they just had this song that they wanted to play somewhere. Like they had to appeal to American audiences and they did that through the medium of knockoff Nickelback AMVs. I, can somebody, can somebody in our audience who's listening right now, if you have any musical talent, can you cover this song for me? Like just in, 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 in any genre that is not whatever you call it, like make it a rap, make it a polka, 
uh, can we weird owl this shit? Like, can somebody remake this song and help me try to like this moment of Yu-Gi-Oh? Because I, I want to very badly, but I What's just get... What's the name get, of the song? It's called What Happened... No. Uh, <laughs> I've already forgotten. Uh, no Matter What. No Matter What is the name of the song. Uh, please, dear God, somebody cover this for me. Uh, because I may like it better then. The only, I will say, there's one good part of this song, and it is at the end uh, when Croquet says, uh, let the duel begin, and it rhymes with the line in the song. So it's like like the song is featuring Croquet. That part is fun. (laughs) Special guest artist, Croquet. Okay, Jimmy, I have been talking a lot about this song, and we have spent so much time just fucking around. Uh, Can you give us like a synopsis here of what is happening in this duel? There's not a whole lot that happens in this duel, but there is some good parts. Um, Tell me about it. Let me get through the first little bit of it. Uh, Yugi opens by bringing out Celtic Guardian, and then... Uh, Joey plays Guilty of the Night and it just attacks on its first turn when it comes out and Celtic Guardian dies. Because somehow Joey just gets to ignore the whole monsters can't attack after they're summoned rule, I guess? I guess. After the Um, first turn, nobody really seems to care about it. There's a a lot of that this episode. Um, And so Yugi summons Gaia the Fierce Knight and destroys Guilty of Guiltia? Uh, Guiltia. Now, right before that, uh, sorry, just again, to go off on a tangent that I'd written down here. So Joey plays Guiltia the Knight, attacks the Celtic Guardian, and he says uh, just a a weird line. uh, He says, your Celtic Guardian's been creamed. (laughs) Which I think going back to the thing I said about Pegasus is definitely in Joey's Pornhub search history. Uh, (laughs) And then Yugi calls a fucking timeout. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. I don't think it's something that you need to do in a turn-based game. Yeah, just don't do anything for a bit while you monologue, which he does. And he monologues, and he essentially says in more words than this, but he tells Joey to get good, noob. Yeah, he says it's all the same kind of nonsense we've heard before about playing your best and don't go easy on me because I'm not going to do, I'm not going to go easy on you and all that sort of thing. And Joey agrees. And that's it. And it takes like (laughs) three minutes. Yeah. Great moment there, guys. (laughs) It's Uh, the same thing we're talking about before where it's just the show telling us over and over that these guys are best friends closer than brothers. Right, right. By having them tell each other that they're best friends closer than brothers. And it's like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> Come on, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, this 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 show does a lot of tell, not show, I think. Exactly. Uh, but then, yeah, so what does Yu-Gi play next? He, uh, Joe, it's Joey's turn. Oh, that's right. Since his knight's been killed. And so he brings right. out uh, Armored Lizard in defense position, which, which is... Even- even Tristan says is a throwaway card. Yeah. They're like, what, what's he planning? He's got to have something. We know he's got better monsters than that in his deck. So he's probably planning something, which is the first time anyone said that Joey's been planning something <laughs> in the history of this show. 
we get so, a very good cutaway to Pegasus's Millennium Eye flashing, and you get sort of a uh, uh, like what evil lurks in the heart of men. Pegasus knows. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cutaways to Pegasus kind of chuckling to himself throughout the show, and um, so Yugi then brings out Summon Skull, our our good friend Summon Skull, in attack position, which attacks and destroys armored lizard. And people are like, wow, why did they think that he would do anything with Armored Lizard? Because it's so weak and it died. So then Joey brings out Flame Swordsman. And then this is where his cunning plan comes into action because he uses Shield and Sword, which we've seen before, which switches the attack and defense of every monster. Yes. He has a great line before playing that card, which is... uh... Yugi kind of catches on that he that Joey has a plan and he goes that's right and you don't have to take my word for it sort of a la LeVar Burton and reading rainbow uh and then then he plays the sword and shield card which he got from Yugi that's what I was saying earlier (laughs) yes thank you I can fly twice as high take a look it's this card it's in this card (laughs) dueling rainbow I don't know Ooh. I like. I would watch Dueling Rainbow. What would Dueling Rainbow be? Dueling Rainbow would be just like a very kind man. Like it'd be Lavar Burton explaining like the rules of Yu-Gi-Oh to small children. I kind of love that actually. <laughs> he would like bring out a, like a giant poster size version of every card and like tell the kids what it's about and what it does. <laughs> And this, children, is Barrel Dragon. (laughs) It is made out of guns. But is explicitly not a gun. No, no. Guns are bad. This is laser guns. (laughs) So they're okay for children. Uh, But yeah, so then anyway, then he plays, uh, he plays Flame Swordsman. Uh, So uh, yeah, everything's uh, attack and defense is swapped. And so uh, Flame Swordsman is then able to attack uh, summon skull right 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 because now flame and swordsman has the defense points in its attack and vice versa and it attacks and it uh he, he says like flaming sword of battle which i haven't heard him say before yeah i wrote that down it's i guess flame swordsman's attack the flaming sword of battle i like and it i mean i mean what else are you going to use a sword for besides battle it's a sword uh, you know, if you cut bread, it would toast it at the same time. That's true. Um, you could... Uh, Flaming sword of toast. Yeah, it'd be sort of like a you could make kebabs with it. Oh, and then all the meat would be sizzling still on the kebab. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd have to be You'd real careful to watch, while eating it. Watch out and avoid uh, touching any part of the kebab part with your tongue. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, uh, so Yugi then plays Curse of Dragon, right? Yep. Uh, and then and so now it's, it's, it's still Yugi's turn. Right. And he and it's plays Curse of Dragon and Gaia the Fierce Knight on yes. the board. Okay. And so then he plays, you'll remember, is my second favorite card of all time because it's bullshit. Yeah. And here we see... Some real bullshit. He plays good old polymerization and fuses Gaia the Fierce Knight with Curse of Dragon to turn it into Gaia the Dragon Champion, 
I feel like we need rap horns every time polymerization comes out. Just like really just like confetti. Polymerization. It does whatever the hell you want it to. I did a lot of dancing for the listeners who can't see me. Uh, Yeah. The number two bullshit card of the year. Uh, And it is, what's the name of the new card? Gaia, the dragon champion. It's how to train your dragon, but in card form. <laughs> it's Hiccup. Yeah, polymer, usually polymerization fuses two cards together. This is just Gaia the Fierce Knight going on top of a dragon. Not yeah. really a fusion. It's just a guy standing on a dragon. <laughs> he, he, he gets up off of his horse, sort of walks over, puts the saddle on the dragon. There we go. Giddy up. Polymerization. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's now powerful enough to destroy flame swordsman. Yep, uh, Yugi says your swordsman's been trounced, <laughs> which again feels like weirdly sexual to me in, in the tone of voice that he said. Uh, and uh, Bakura keeps rambling about how Yugi and Joey both need to keep their cool. And... Yeah, Bakura's this entire episode we haven't mentioned it, but Bakura keeps. Like narrating it like he's uh, freaking David Attenborough or something, watching two duelists in their native habitat. Yeah, or like I, it gave me like a like a golf vibe in a way. Like he's speaking yeah. in, very, in very proper hushed tones. Now, Yugi needs to keep his cool here, or he won't know which card to play. Joey traditionally uh, has problems keeping his cool here. Ah, but he's bringing the nine iron to the green now. Let's see what happens. Oh, his nine iron turned into blue eyes white dragon. <laughs> uh, it doesn't turn into blue eyes white dragon, but Joey does have red eyes black dragon. He does, uh, which you might remember is a very scary monster because he, it's oh no, go very ahead. big and powerful. It is, and he plays it with a hia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he like goes, slaps yeah. it down. He like freaking like pounds the the dueling table machine. To bring this card out. And so he's Red like, Eyes Black Dragon comes out. He's that guy where if you're at a magic tournament, you see that happening from like six tables away and you're like, please let that guy go out first round. I do not <laughs> want to go up against him because he's just insufferable. He hits a table so hard that everyone's life counters kind of roll around <laughs> and everyone forgets what their life was. <laughs> Instantly disqualified. Uh, okay, what does Joey do next? Um, this is... Uh, a very good turn for Joey because he then summons, uh, he activates grave grave robber and mm-hmm. he uses it to steal summon skull from Yugi's graveyard. So now he has summon skull and red eyes, black dragon. And that's bad news because for Yugi, because they're such powerful cards, but then Joey activates copycat to copy polymerization which is not a thing i knew you could do yeah it's and, it's funny because the polymerization card once you use it disappears from the battlefield yeah it's just but a it's, magic effect right but it's technically still happening i guess because the polymerized creature is still in play so technically the f- spell is still in play i think is the logic they're using here i guess but, but copycat is, copies a spell in play. Yeah. He's able to copy polymerization, and then Joey plays polymerization to fuse Red Eyes Black Dragon and Summon Skull 
and fusion summon Black Skull Dragon. Yo. And I have no idea how he knows the name of this card because he doesn't he makes have it up. polymerization. I think he deck. makes it up. He even says, well, like, I'm, I've never used this before, but I've seen you use it, so here we go. So if you uh, polymerize two creatures together for the first time, do you get to name it? Is yeah, it like I think climbing it's like... A mountain? It's like it's like finding a new planet in No Man's Sky. Like you get to name it name whatever it. bullshit you want. Yeah. Like he, he could have named it like Ass Face the Monkey Rider and it would be fine. <laughs> right? And, and here's and my new monster. Would... Piss. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Ah, Joey boy, I see you've discovered a new card. Wonderful. Hmm, let's see, what have you named it here? Piss. Hmm. <laughs> Delightful. How droll, how juvenile. <laughs> I think I think Pegasus would be okay with that, honestly. Probably. He, he would appreciate this addition to his, the canon that he's created in this card game. Yeah, he's 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 down for whatever. So this black skull dragon uh forms, and it has this like very long transformation sequence of these two creatures combining, and like all the like the dragon's wings kind of fossilize and turn in and harden and turn into like bone wings. And it's just a big, scary, uh, like a skeletal red dragon with, uh, it should be noted 3,200 attack points and right. absolutely obliterates Gaia, the dragon champion. Not so it, champion. Now are you? It's I'm trying to remember. Is it as powerful or more powerful than blue eyes at this point? I have no idea what blue eyes because blue eyes is like I think three thousand ish. Is it? I don't well, know. This guy's thirty two hundred. That's like I don't know. We should ask somebody who makes a podcast about Yu Gi Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. it dies. Anyway, it's and, it's very powerful. The other one dies. And um, I think it's Bakura who sees the look in Yugi's eyes and he says, that stairs meant doom for many a duelist. And the episode ends. Yeah. Oh yeah. Continued. I, I wrote in my notes. I was like, I think I zoned out and missed the ending of this episode because the last thing I remember is Yugi saying, this duel's just getting started. There's a lot of these cutaways that we don't even need to address because it's, they're just repeating the same things over and over really. They're yeah. two brothers, and it's really heating up in this duel. God, they said that like That's five it. times. Yeah, they just keep cutting away to like Taya or Tristan or whoever, and they're saying, wow, it's really heating up. <laughs> and yeah, that that's the end of the episode. Thank <laughs> it God. It just ends to be continued. These yeah, two we guys are, gonna are get, still going to be fighting. We are going to get uh, a second part to this, so we'll, we'll conclude the episode. This is a two-parter. We'll okay, conclude the duel next episode. No, I don't think it's a three-parter. I'm admittedly not looking at Netflix right now, so I'm going to assume for my own sake that it's a two-parter. Um, Jimmy, what was your least favorite part of this episode? Hmm, my least favorite part was the writing. Um, whenever they talked about uh, the relationship between Yugi and Joey, and they just keep talking over and over and over about how they're best friends and true brothers, closer than brothers, and how it's so tragic that these guys are having to fight each other in a card game tournament. Yep. Like, you, 
they went all out in just telling and never showing that these guys are like best friends and it's just it was it got really tedious yeah that's they my could have, they could have they could have just as easily been like these guys are best friends don't believe us watch the previous 32 episodes where they're <laughs> friends the whole time yeah it, it was just uh really unnecessary what was your worst my was it nickelback no, well, okay, so I can't say it now, right? Like, I can't say that that was my worst after I spent fucking 20 minutes complaining about it. Uh, it was my worst. It was, in my heart of hearts. Uh, well, you know what? Because That's a I've fair spent answer. Enough, it, thank you. Thank you. I, I will say, just to, to give an actual thoughtful worst here, my worst continues to be the fact that they're trying to equate... Uh, What's her name? Serenity, Joey's sister? I think it's Serenity. Uh, it, it, they're trying to equate Serenity's... Ha, have they mentioned this at all? She's not dying. She's going no. blind. Yeah, her eyes are fading or something? And I, I don't know. And I don't know how much they actually talk about it in the show, but that's essentially what happens is she goes blind. And the fact that they're trying to equate a woman going blind, a, a, a young girl going blind, to the eternal soul of... I mean, an admittedly old man, right? Like going blind or somebody being trapped in a VHS hell prison forever. They're trying <laughs> For literally to make the two all eternity equal in like a really weird sort of ableist way that says that going blind is equivalent to like she might as well be dying, right? Yeah, like it. It just feels very icky. Of like Joey is is placing such important not that it's not important right like if you can do something to like help someone that you care about you should obviously but if it comes between like that and potentially killing somebody you know like maybe your efforts are better spent elsewhere like hey make sure that she has like the resources that she needs to learn how to live like that like you know there are people that can help her move into that phase of her life uh, it will be an adjustment for sure. We're not saying that it's not, but it's not like she's dying. <laughs> no. And it's not like, this is going to sound maybe a little crass, but grandpa's soul is going to be trapped in a VHS, VHS tape a lot longer than she is going to be blind. Y- yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and it's, and it's, and what does it say to like, well anyone watching the show especially at the time that it came out who is already blind right or i'm sure there are lots of kids who were going through the process of like i know i'm gonna go blind like while watching this show and here's Yu-Gi-Oh saying yeah you there you 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 know blind person or person who's going blind like you you might as well be dead right it's like the worst that's- possible fate yeah, and it, it, it feels like that's the message that they're unintentionally giving here, and I wish they'd put more thought into that. Yeah, that's fair. It does give us all the good drama with, like, you know, Joey and, and uh, uh, Yugi having to duel each other, but, like, maybe they could have had it where Pegasus captured Serenity's soul as well, and then they're fighting for two different souls, and it was, like, a little bit more equal that way. That would have been a lot more interesting because it would have really set up uh, Pegasus as the villain here pulling the yeah. strings like only one of my captured souls will go free and now you have both have to fight over it 
Yeah, and I feel like the way that they have it now is like he's still a villain, sure, but it's like comical still. Yeah. We can still pretty a... comfortably make fun of Pegasus. Yeah, he's a goofy, campy villain. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's that's my real worst. I, I know I'm not like the most qualified person to talk about and anything having to do with like being blind or what that experience is like, but I know that the show also is not, and I feel like it needs to be mentioned. <laughs> this this children's show about card games. <laughs> what was your best part of this episode? Motherfucking polymerization. Coming through again. I am very proud of Joey for actually being smart enough to like copy it after it had kinda left. Which yeah. is something I didn't know you could do. And that, you know, props to Joey for coming up with that plan and then acting on it and now getting a super powerful black skull dragon, which is super cool. Yeah. Polymerization, the cheat card. It's great. <laughs> uh, how long has it been since you played Munchkin, speaking of the cheat card? Uh, it's been probably since a while before you left it's been so, a while so there there's literally a card in munchkin called the cheat card uh and it just lets you do whatever <laughs> and it's it, it it is polymerization i mean that's it, it is kind of polymerization in a way because it lets you have more than one race or more than one class in munchkin yeah or like Combining hold more weapons things. than you should be able to yeah. or like have more helmets than you should be able to it's like oh you Combining. need to grow an extra head here you go yeah, sure. You can wear two helmets and carry three swords. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, it's a. I, I like polymerization, so I was glad to see it played again. What was for, your favorite part of this episode? For those of you who want to hear more of Jimmy's thoughts on polymerization, listen to the most previous episode to this, where we did our 2018 card of the year. You'll hear some about it then. Uh, my best part of the episode, I think is the one-liners that are here. Like, uh, like I mentioned Pegasus being like, oh boy, <laughs> when he has to give give his fucking speech. Um, uh, Joey saying, you don't have to take my word for it. Uh, Yugi being like, uh, that knight's been trounced or armored lizard is vanquished. Uh, it, it feels like these are the throwaway lines to the writers, but the most important lines to the voice actors. There's a lot of zingers that they were using in this episode. And they acted the hell out of them. Like they're yeah, short, I mean, but they are sweet. It, it occurred to me uh, watching this episode in particular that like the dialogue may be really shitty, but the like props to the voice actors for really giving their all into this, this, this silly show. They do yeah, a good job. I mean, they they really do. They really do. I'll I'll give them that. Um Yeah, I, that's all. I don't know. I don't have anything deep to say about that one. <laughs> it's just I like those lines. Uh Do you have anything else to say about this episode? Any like honorable mentions? No, this episode has gone on way too long. It really has. It's time to uh, 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 end the episode. Jimmy, as we do every week, we end the episode with a random card of the week uh do you have any cards of the week from the episode you want to talk about real quick polymerization uh, obviously i think was it armored lizard or something uh -huh. but, um i don't know i this might just might be my memory but i don't remember joy playing it before i don't think he has anyway anytime we see a new card that's 
kind of interesting because usually it's just the same guy of the fierce knight flame swordsman uh celtic guardian all those guys and so it's interesting to see a new card come out so probably uh that lizard i'd agree with you there and like armored lizard tristan says it is a throwaway card right like it's a it's just a it's a shit card and i'm I'm always really thankful to see like, okay, here we've got this like championship duel, right? With supposedly these two top tier duelists and one of them still has this card that like doesn't have 3000 attack points, you know, it's just kind of a ho-hum run-of-the-mill common card. Yeah. But it's important. In a lot of these episodes, it's just the same cards over and over again. And their decks clearly have more than just Flame Swordsman or whoever in there. Right. And so yeah yeah so armored lizard uh yeah definitely a good pick i think for uh sort of our card of the week from the show our random card of the week this week is it has three names and i don't know how what? to pronounce one of them so i'm gonna do my best it is raid raptor fuzzy lanias raid raptor is all one word Hyphen, fuzzy, F-U-Z-Z-Y, Lanius, L-A-N-I-U-S, or Lanius, possibly. It's a four-star winged beast effect monster. If you control a Raid Raptor monster other than Raid Raptor Fuzzy Lanius, you can special summon this card from your hand. If this card is sent to the graveyard, you can add one Raid Raptor Fuzzy Lanius from your deck to your hand. You can only use each effect of Raid Raptor Fuzzy Lanius once per turn. You cannot special summon monsters the turn you activate either of this card's effects, except Raid Raptor monsters. And it has 500 attack and 1500 defense. This feels like something that would be in Rex Raptor's deck. Uh, just because it has Raptor in the name. Because it has Raptor said just so fucking often. Uh, can you find the picture of... I already have. No. Let me send this to you in the chat. What, uh, is, what does this bullshit look like? It looks kind of cool. It looks like a Pokemon that would have come out recently. Oh. It is a mechanical bird, for lack of a better description. Okay. Where's the fuzzy part come in? You know what? That's a good question. I have no idea because it is not fuzzy in the slightest. It's not. I mean, it's got like a cool color scheme. It's like it's purple and blue and it's got this like sort of turquoise gem in its chest. Uh... Yeah, it's not fuzzy. Why is yeah, it called fuzzy? I don't know. <laughs> Why is it fuzzy? Uh, I'm looking into its like effects to see maybe something it does can be described as fuzzy, but... No. I'm a little disappointed that we got this card because I'm looking at the other Raid Raptor cards. And you can just look in like the related images even. There are some badass Raid Raptor cards. There's one called Skull Eagle. Oh shit, I just clicked on that one. Uh Napalm Dragonius is another one. Oh, which is my fucking like cyberpunk name from here on in. Hi, I'm Napalm Dragonius. <laughs> Napalm Dragoni- Dragonius. Uh what else is here? Uh Raid Raptors Lock Chain looks pretty cool. Um It shows up in the anime, it looks like. Raid Raptor Fuzzy. I don't know. Is it Lanius, do you think, or is it Lanius? Lanius. Lanius? Who knows? I think it's Lanius. It shows up in... 
Oh, come on, Wakia, don't let me down. Uh, oh, and Arc V. It shows up in uh, like episodes 45, 47, and 137 of Arc V. It does look like it would be a cyberpunk kind of deal. Yeah, it shows up in Shea Obsidian's deck, which is another cyberpunk-ass name. <laughs> I'm Shea Obsidian. Uh, I live Shea... on the main streets of Neo-Portland 2019. I'm, I'm going to say this uh, stating that we have not watched any of Arc V. Shea Obsidian, known as Shun Kurosaki, is in the Japanese version. Uh, is one of the duelists in the Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc V anime. He is a duelist from the XYZ dimension who is one of Yuto's comrades and serially attacked the Leo Institute of Dueling with the intention of rescuing his younger sister, Lulu Obsidian. Upon having similar goals to Declan and learning of his true target, the two agreed to cooperate, and he has subsequently became one of the first Lancers. I kind of want to watch Arc V now. <laughs> That's entire description sounds like if you put just a bunch of random gibberish and like cyber names in a uh, a Mad Libs. Yeah. He demonstrates a powerful hatred of fusion summoning and previously of LID as fusion summoning has been used by his enemies and he believes LID to be associated with them. Despite his callous disposition, he can be pragmatic, agreeing to cooperate with Declan in furthering his machinations in exchange for information. Uh, well, damn. Yeah. What was his first name? Clay? Shay. Shay. S-H-A-Y. Shay Obsidian. Uh, however, the memory... Whoa. Uh, he, when he was in the Neo Heartland City action field for a second oh, time... <laughs> Neo Heartland City? Yeah. <laughs> what, is that like a cyberpunk Iowa? It is. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I think it's a card. Uh, anyway, we don't have to, to talk about Neo this right now. Heartland we will talk about this City. some other time. We are done with this episode. I am putting this episode to bed, just like I All need right. to put myself to bed because it's late here now because we've gone on for too fucking long. Uh, that will do it for this episode of You Activated My Podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who is still listening. God bless you, whoever you are. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why you're still listening to this episode. If you want to interact with us on the interwebs, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh, Jimmy is going to be posting some pictures of uh, uh, hit clips pretty soon here. Uh, and uh, Twitter, we don't do much there, but you can talk to us, which is kind of nice. Uh, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you can go to our website, which is tyler.games slash Y-A-M-P or Welcome to Flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. Uh, Jimmy, your podcast is Dungeons Against Humanity, uh, yep. D-A-H podcast on Twitter. You've got an event coming up, right? Uh, next weekend, I believe. Okay. So for those uh, of you in the yeah, Portland, Oregon. Oregon area, there's a, a, an event coming up with the Dungeons Against Humanity group talking about making Dungeons & Dragons campaigns with Cards Against Humanity cards, which I think yeah, is how to hilarious. Do the world building, how to make uh, maps for your entire, like proceed, basically generate maps for your entire world just by chucking dice down on a table. I've seen this in action now. I saw somebody do it on Reddit, I think, uh, and it is brilliant. It's pretty fun. It gives you a lot of variety in world uh, features. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to plug? I know episode 11 of that show just came out. I've been listening to that. 
No, let's end this episode. Okay. Uh, all right. That's it for now. Until next time. It seems I'm the only one who appreciates watching two friends push each other to the brink of their abilities. It seems it's an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel gross. Okay. Yogi boy. <laughs>